Can we just begin to lift our voice and oh, begin yes. to magnify Hallelujah. the King of Glory Kings and the Lord. Lord of Lords? God, you are holy. You are righteous, God. We thank you for your loving kindness, God. We thank you for your consistency. We thank you, God, that you are my comforter and my counselor. God, you are our healer, God. We lift up Brother Charles right now, God. The devil is a liar and the father of all lies, God. Lord, I pray, oh God, for Brother Charles, God, and the situation in his body. I pray, oh God, that he could rehydrate and the inflammation, God, could subside. Lord God, you are the miracle-working God. As you reminded us this morning, it is by your stripes that we are healed. God, you are our great and wise physician, our Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Uh, Lord, we lift up our brother right now, God, in confidence uh, that you are going to heal, God, that you are the miracle-working God. Lord, one team in one fight. Uh, Lord, we pray here tonight for our brother. God, we lift up Sister Dorinda. God, I pray, Lord, for her health. Oh, God, I pray that that kidney stone begins to dissipate and to dissolve uh, in Jesus' name, God, and the expedient recovery. Lord, we lift up Sister Phillips right now. I pray, God, for a good report from the doctor. God, I re I listen and I trust uh, your report, God. Lord, you wrote uh, the stars in the sky and you can do all things, God. Lord, we lift up Sister White. Uh, I pray for her health right now, God. An expedient recovery. Lord, we are excited about your presence here, God. Something has to break in the room, God. Lord, you are going to move, oh God. Let your power flow, God. Let your anointing flow, God. Let your wind blow in this place. Uh, the sound of the abundance of rain. Somebody begin to shout out to your God tonight. Does anybody believe? Does anybody agree with me tonight uh, that our God can do all things? Let us magnify him and entertain his presence. God, I'm not satisfied until we encounter you. God, move on your sons and your daughters. God, move amongst your children, God. Our comforter. God, be as the hen that gathers the chick under her feathers. God, protect us and nurture us here tonight in Jesus' name. Something's got to break. Something's got to break here tonight. And we believe it in Jesus' name. Let us sing unto the Lord. It's more than lyrics tonight. A statement of faith.
God, that despite the circumstances that we see, you're still working. God, even though the outcome seems grim and bleak, you're still working. God, even though it feels like I'm in the shadow of the valley of death, you're still working. God, even though it feels, Lord God, and it appears like everything is crumbling, you're still working. And God, I pray, oh God, that you just move on the heart and the individual that's broken here tonight. God, that is desperate here tonight. God, who's at the end of their rope here tonight, God, who is just suffering pain and an uncertainty, God. Remind them, God, even though they don't see it, you're working. God, we hear the sound of the abundance of rain coming, and we're believing that here tonight in Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this place? He is worthy of praise, worthy of adoration. I trust you, God. Let us continue to sing to our God tonight. Weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. And my God will never fail. And that's our God tonight. My God will never fail. And that's the God that loves you tonight. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a 
Back in the day, Elder, when individuals actually read books, remember going to the very end just to find out how the ending of the story is? I'm thankful that in the Word of God, I go to the end of the story, and we win. And everything we're going through is worth it. We win. Amen. So rejoice in that. Be comforted in that, that the end of the story, if we hang on to Jesus... We win. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight? We're going to continue to sing to our victorious God. Man, I'm ready for that victory march. Amen. Talk about a pass and review. Amen. But it's just God. Amen. Let us worship him. Cover. 
Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this evening? Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. You may be seated this evening. We're going to make a few announcements. As was reiterated this morning, happy Mother's Day to all our mothers. We honor you today on this day. We should honor you every day. Amen. I would like long life. I think there's a scripture that talks about honoring mother and father, and it, it gives you long life. Amen. But we, we honor our mothers today, and I really and truly uh, trust that you've enjoyed your breakfast this morning. I have to give a shout out to our, our young men and our youth. Uh, with, unfortunately, the circumstance with Brother Charles this morning, Pastor stepped up, and Brother Scotty stepped up, and some of the ladies stepped up. But our, our youth really stepped up this morning. Amen. Amen. I, I appreciate Jordan and Dylan. Amen. And Nicholas and Jaden. And I know Jaden. Hi, Jordan. Hi. I know that uh, Jordan and Jaden and Nicholas, they were cleaning a, a good chunk in the morning service, making, every, making sure everything was taken care of. Connor and Clayton. And I think Nicholas now is a professional, professional cinnamon, cinnamon bun and biscuit maker now. It, I reminded him that it was on the tube. And then, of course, you know how those tubes are? It's like a grenade in your hand, right? Like the, the Pop-O-Matic biscuits. Like you just barely touch it, and then it just shoots biscuits everywhere. We had a few casualties. I said, yeah, you pretty much have a hand grenade in your hand, man. Like get taken out by a cinnamon bun. Or So, amen. So, ladies, we honor you. And once again, Jordan and, and Dylan and all the youth. I, I honor you. The Bible says give honor where honor is due. You did an amazing job this morning. Amen. And don't forget, as stated earlier, and many of you know, we need to continue to pray for Brother Charles. He, he's in Seton and uh, dehydration and a few other things, but I'm believing God's reports. Amen. I mean, he is the physician. I mean, he is the writer of the heavens, the author and architect of existence. I believe God. Amen. We need to continue to pray for Sister Dorinda, Sister Phillips, Sister White, and those that are fighting sickness. Amen. One team, one fight. Amen. Don't forget at the end of this month, it's the Sunday, the last Sunday of this month, the evening service is going to be a fellowship. And as Pastor said, we need dishes, we need drinks, and it's a good time that we come together in unity. Amen. Fellowship brings unification of the body. And I'm looking forward to that. That's Memorial Day weekend, and we're looking forward just to coming together as a family. And we need help. Amen. That's at 5 o'clock Sunday night. Thank you. Sister Kylie's like, what pastor said? <laughs> she's, in the, she's in the nursery. She's like, amen. And so 5 o'clock, amen, it'll be that Sunday evening. Don't forget, we have our church retreat coming up next month in Summer Mills. Looking forward to it. We have an, an an abundance of services, breakout sessions, events. Don't forget to stop by archery because I want to be like David's friend Jonathan, don't you? I keep selling archery. Amen. That'll be June 28th, 29th, and 30th. Don't forget, we still have our conduct expectations that need to be signed. Don't forget, we have the sign-up sheets just to get a good head count and, and individuals that are interested in doing these stations. Amen. I know that it's going to be hair tutorials, pancake decorations. Pastor's going to be right there. Amen. Archery. I, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but there will be archery. Amen. Come visit me. Uh, amen. And don't forget that uh, the end of this month, all fees will be due. And I'm looking forward to that time. It is a retreat. Amen. Time together is with our church family. Are there any other announcements this evening? Amen. If there are no more announcements, we're going to receive our Sunday Evening tithes and half shekel offering. Our ensemble may be seated. Amen. Make sure we wave and smile to our family. Amen. Once again, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to see my church family. 
Amen. What a service we had this morning. Amen. And, and the theme and the content that Pastor was talking about is, is very, very important to all of us. And we need to be situationally aware of where the state of our mind is. Amen. That's a proactive type of approach to our spiritual walk with God. Amen. And my message tonight is going to augment what Pastor talked about. It is, it is an accompaniment to what Pastor conveyed to us this morning, where it is about our mind. Amen. The enemy loves to have our mind as his sandbox. The enemy loves to have our mind as his playground. Amen. And what has brought apostolics and the children of the Most High, what has caused them to fall throughout all the generations is not having a mind in subjection. A mind can be deceiving if we are not careful. Our emotions can definitely deceive us if we're not careful. Amen. So tonight it is going to be an augmentation of what Pastor talked about, which is applicable or means it applies to every single one of us here this evening. And it is a proactive attempt to watch our mind, to be aware of our mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 5. Very familiar scripture. Amen. As it's Coming up, very, very familiar scripture, encouraging scripture. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means our weapons are not knives or shotguns or rifles or our fists. Has nothing to do with flesh and blood. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It's spiritual, which is our warfare. Next verse, please. Casting down imaginations. And I'm not talking an imagination of a child. That's a perceived reality. Because a perceived reality is not necessarily reality. Despite what society is pushing to, your perceived reality is your reality, so that's okay. But if we are not careful, we operate in our walk with God with a perceived reality. An imagination that is ungodly. A perceived reality that leads us down a path to destruction if we are not careful. It says through the weapons of our warfare, we have the ability through God to cast down our perceived realities, our imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That is, the forces of darkness and, and demons and Satan's and his ploys, but that's also our flesh. That's our mind. That's our perceived reality if we are not careful. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Subjugation of my mind is important. We've got to bring our mind into subjugation. Meaning I've got to control my mind and not let my mind control me. Amen. So tonight, can we put our Bibles down? Can we close our eyes? Can we open our hearts and our minds here tonight to what God wants to convey starting this morning to this evening for the sake of myself and for the sake of the church? Can we begin to lift our voice right now? Can we get our minds into the presence of God? Subjugation of our thoughts start right here and right now. Lord God of Jacob, I thank you, God, that you have called me out of darkness into your marvelous light. And God, you have done so much in my life. God, you have healed, God, those wounds in times past. And God, tonight, I pray, oh God, that you begin to create in me a clean heart, renew in me the right spirit, God. Cleanse my mind. God, give me the ability to bring my thoughts and my mind into subjugation, not only for me, but my family. God, for the church, uh, for those that I encounter. And God, tonight I pray, God, that you begin to move uh, and give us power, love, uh, and a sound mind here tonight. Uh, in Jesus' name, can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Uh, somebody give him a, a shout of praise in the house.
Amen. You may be seated. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God did not give me the spirit of fear. He did not give me the spirit of confusion. And if we are not careful, we live in a reality, a perceived reality of confusion. But he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. You received power when the Holy Ghost came. Amen. And of love. God loves and we love because he first loved us. And nothing can separate us from the love of God. And a sound mind. That means a mind that is controlled. That means emotions that are under subjugation to God. We must be proactive in the subjugation of our mind. Because if we are not careful, things begin to germinate. Things begin to grow. Things become cancerous. We become cantankerous. That means I'm mean to others. I'm vile to others. I'm bitter to others. When really I don't want to be that way, but my mind is controlling me. If I'm not careful, I become cantankerous to the ones that love me. That cherish me. But if I don't subjugate my mind, it runs rampant. God has equipped and God has placed us time and time again reminding us to control our thoughts, to control our minds. We have to be self-aware. We've got to put our thoughts through the filter of the word of God. Was that really a godly thought? Because if we're not careful, our thoughts enter our hearts. And when it enters our hearts, now we're in the danger zone. That's a vulnerable place that controls us, is our hearts. And from our heart comes the emotions. We've got to be careful with our mind for your sake, for your family's sake, for your children's sake, and for the sake of our church. We've got to look and say, is this really me? Is this really what God has called me to be? Are these the thoughts that God has mandated? Doesn't God say in Ephesians to have the helmet of salvation? What's a helmet do? It protects my mind. One of the biggest things, Elder, I think you would agree that I feared the most. Well, I knew it was quick would be a headshot. If I was in Iraq, that kills me immediately. There's no recuperation. If my mind is gone, there's no recuperation. It takes what, Edwin? Five to six minutes to begin to starve out a brain of oxygen, doesn't it? If I starve out my brain, if I starve out my spiritual mind, and if I'm not careful, I become spiritually brain dead. And the life support is my flesh. We've got to keep our mind in its subjection. As Pastor talked about, if we are not careful, we let the past control our mind. Or we allow our perceived realities to control our mind. The imaginations that may have an ounce of truth, but because Satan or our mind is not in subjugation, it becomes our personal reality. And that personal reality may not be actual reality. God, help my mind. God, help my reality. Amen. If I'm not careful, I could begin to lash out on those that support me. I could begin to lash out on those that love me because my mind is not in subjugation. It's something that we've got to pray for. It's something that I've got to pray, God, help me to subjugate my thoughts and my imaginations. Because if we're not careful, it destroys relationships. It destroys my walk with God. Amen. And so tonight, I like to preach this particular thought. And we are vulnerable. We have the capability of falling into this place. The state of Saul. We know King Saul. King Saul was the, the first 
king of Israel. What a privilege, Brother Rusty. No kings, no Israeli kings before him. But because the people wanted a king, he was anointed king. A Benjaminite, he was a head and shoulders above everyone. He even had an opportunity to spend time with the prophets during his coronation or when he was brought in as king. And so, as we know his story, Saul sinned. Saul was disobedient as a spirit of witchcraft. It's a sin of witchcraft. We know that. We know that Saul, we know that he sacrificed just a moment before Samuel came. He wasn't supposed to sacrifice. That wasn't his position. We know that he allowed Agag, the king of the Amalekites, to live. We know that all the sheep were supposed to be killed. And he was disobedient to those things. We know that Saul later, towards the latter part of his life, went to go see a witch in Endor, known as the Witch of Endor. She was a soothsayer. She was a necromancer. She prayed and worships and called upon the dead. One of my favorite scenes, Elder, is even Samuel in death called out Saul. He sp- King Saul, a Jew, spoke to a necromancer. King Saul did all these things. But did not David sin? David committed adultery. David planned a man's death. David numbered the children of Israel. But we see a difference in minds. And we see a difference of hearts. They both sinned. But it's how they kept their mind in subjugation. We see a deterioration of Saul throughout 1 Samuel. After Saul, Samuel called out Saul for his sins, a bitterness began to arise in him. And that could be many of us. It may not be sin. It may not be, a, it may be the pain of our past. It may be a perceived reality. And we're going to see Saul's perceived reality here throughout our journey. But David, or excuse me, Saul became oppressed with spirits. An oppressive spirit that would weigh down on the king. Because his mind was not under subjugation. His heart was not repentive. And I'm not saying that it's could be an unrepentive heart, but if we're not careful, we allow our mind to control us. And those oppressive spirits would whisper things into the mind of Saul. Those spirits would begin to placate on the unsubjugated mind of Saul. King Saul, you are a failure. King Saul, nobody loves you. King Saul, you will never have your kingdom back. King Saul, you are a failure. And so forth and so forth. Until there was a shepherd boy from Bethlehem that had an anointing and a love for his king. Allow me to, inter- uh, allow me to reiterate that. A love for the anointed king of Israel. He loved Saul. He cherished Saul. Let me say it again. He loved Saul. And David would come in with his lyre or his harp and begin to play the songs of Israel. Begin to play that harp uh, that inspired the actual psalms. uh, And the spirit that was oppressing Saul begin to flee from the anointed musician capability of King David. And there was a relief for but a moment. And that was an opportunity to get his mind backed into subjugation to begin to change his life but Saul did not allow his mind to be controlled but David loved him David loved him David had no ill will towards the king as time progressed David had the opportunity to marry his first wife Michal that is a great name that first wife was King Saul's daughter 
And we know that David became a son-in-law, and all he wanted to do was serve first the God of Israel with all his soul and heart and mind. We know that David had a heart that adored the things of God, and all he wanted to do was serve God and to submit to God and be obedient to God. That's all he ever wanted to do, and when he fought the Philistines, it was for God. And he loved the anointed king of Israel. But a resentment began to rise up in Saul because his mind wasn't subjugated. His mind was not in control. He did not have a sound mind. He had a mind that began to become fluid. And a resentment began to build up in the mind of Saul. And all David wanted to do was love his king. And all David wanted to do was serve God. But because this great king did not have his mind in control, a sound mind putting away the perceived realities, he began to believe that this young lad, this man that began to play with him, play the harp when he was a child to scare away those oppressive spirits, that man that did not have his mind in control began to hate David. He began to plot against him, and all David wanted to do was love him. He began to go against him, and all David wanted to do was serve him and serve God. And King Saul said, I have a plan. I need you to go get 100 trophies from the Philistines. That'll kill David, because people begin to talk. And you should celebrate when the things of God happen. When God gives victories, we should celebrate, but the people begin to talk. Saul killed a thousand, but David killed tens of thousands. Look at how David worships, and something happened in the heart and that mind, the mind, the mind of Saul, the state of Saul, to begin to hate uh, this person. All they wanted to do, all David wanted to do was serve God. But there was a resentment and a competition that began to happen i got to compete against David. He's trying to take my glory. How dare him try to take my glory? How dare he try to outshine me? And so David, being David and going the extra mile, came back with 200 trophies. And Saul said, I sh this should have killed him. This should have killed him. How am I going to get rid of this individual that's coming against me? David was never coming against the king. All he was doing was serving God with all his soul, heart, and mind. That musician that sang, that musician that played, and called down the anointing and the spirit of God. And Saul began to despise him in his heart, all because of a mind. And if we are not careful, that could become us here in the church house. We begin to have a perceived reality and imagination and our minds not under subjugation. And we begin to attack people. We begin to compete against people instead of saying, amen, I'm glad that God gave you the victory. But jealousy seeped into Saul's heart because he did not control his mind. And all David wanted to do was love him. Until the day came that it began to boil over. And as David was talking amongst the war council, and then they were talking about victories, the mind of Saul took over Saul's heart. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? The rationalization, the perceived reality, that imagination became Saul's personal reality when it wasn't there. And he took his spear, which he was a good spearman, and threw the spear at King David himself, and it stuck uh, into that house's wall. Can you imagine the hurt that David felt at that moment? Can you imagine the anguish in this young future king's heart who already who knew he was anointed? Because he was anointed right after Saul re, uh, rebelled. David in his heart said, I'm going to be king one day. And if he thought with his own mind, he could have assassinated and got the throne. But no, he understood God as his anointing. Can you imagine the hurt in David's heart? Here's the man that I love. This is the man that I, I had such a burden for that I, I shared my very personal, intimate songs on the harp just to try to bless him. 
and he just, he's trying to kill me. Can you imagine the heartbreak of David? You know you've been there. But David, I can guarantee, still prayed for the Saul. Jesus said that I have to pray for those that despitefully use me, even if it's personal. But an individual's got to control their mind because it runs rampant. And we begin to have a Saul syndrome if we're not careful. And so David fled, going from place to place, getting, going and trying to hide until he ended up at the spring of Engede, the spring of the wild goat, hiding. This was a place they believed that he would have been as a shepherd. And here came King Saul, desiring to kill David. And David had the opportunity to end this revenge. David had the opportunity to end this heartbreak where King Saul was hiding in a cave and David went in and didn't kill him. He cut a piece of his garment and then the next morning had a meeting and said, Saul, I, I could have killed you. But I could have killed you, but here it is because I, I love you. And many of you have been in that place. You know it's true, but I, I shared my heart through the heart for you. I'm honored to be part of your family. I just love you, Saul. I pray for you. I fast for you. When I know the God of Israel, you're on my prayers. And I could have just cut you off. I could have been done with you, but I came to you with this to prove my love. And you know you've been there. And this is the dangers when we don't have a subjugated mind that we become a Saul to a David. But if you're the David here tonight, keep praying. If you're the David here tonight, keep praying. If you're the David here tonight and you have the ability to end it, cut the garment and remind them. Not physically, but spiritually. Oh, I could have got him with my words. I could have got him with my thoughts, but I'm going to show them love. I'm going to show them forgiveness and just pray for their mind. And so we know that Saul and David made up for a while. But it still hurt David. You've been there. The ones that you love the most because of a Saul syndrome has been throwing spears at you. Some of you have shown your most personal and intimate prayers that was only for God, but you shared it with them because you love them. That means that vulnerable piece of yourself, you revealed to that individual. Still pray for them. I'm not gonna diminish the hurt and I'm not gonna diminish truly how it feels. You just pray for them. And you continue to love them because Saul still had hope up until his death. Saul had an opportunity to change his heart, but he didn't. But David continued to show mercy. But we have to pray, God, don't let me be a Saul. Do you hear me tonight? That is one of the biggest destructive forces in a church is when there's a Saul. And it devastates all the years of work that God has done in families and in this church. Is a Saul. Let's look at the biblical example. Saul, a Mount Geboa pastor. Saw the witch, but because his mind didn't change, it cost him his son. That could happen to us spiritually. It cost us his entire lineage minus Mephibosheth, who is Jonathan's son. But if we're not careful, it, it will cost us something. If our, not, if our mind becomes a Saul syndrome, it will cost us something. Saul's beloved son, Jonathan, 
his lineage. And nobody killed Saul. Saul killed himself. And it all started with a mind. If you would have repented, that would have worked the mind. But if we're not careful, that can become us tonight very, very easily if we don't put this into subjugation. Because if this begins to go, I start throwing spears at those that love me. If I'm not careful, I send my army as an assassination crew to try to kill you spiritually. You understand how I'm correlating the two. If I'm not careful, I forfeit my anointing and my place in God, just like Saul did. If Saul repented, things would have been different. But here tonight, many of you are the David. And if you're not careful, some of you are at the beginning of a Saul. But if, you're in a da if you are David, hold strong. If I don't see it, he's still working. If I don't see the outcome, he's still working. Amen. And so tonight, power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. Tonight, can we stand to our feet? And let's get our minds on the Lord. Because it starts here. It starts here. Whether you are a David and you have a Saul that has been tossing spears at you, be encouraged. And some of you, you know where your minds are going and your hearts are going. Don't go down the path of Saul. Can we close our eyes and lift our hands? I rebuke every bit of distraction in this place. Whether you have the syndrome of David, the state of David, or the state of Saul, begin to pray right now. Because it's not just you, it's us. It's not just going to affect you, but your family. We have to be proactive. We have to be attentive. God, forgive me of my thoughts. God, I can't control these thoughts anymore. God, I need assistance and I need help. And I pray for the David here tonight to have the strength just to take the garment and to not take a life with my words. And those that have received the threats of the Saul be encouraged. You are loved and you are appreciated in this house. And you have a place in this kingdom. Somebody begin to lift your voice all over this place. It says that strongholds fall when I put my mind in subjugation. Somebody begin to lift your voice. Somebody begin to cry out to God. Somebody begin to play the harp of your heart. Uh, play your heartstrings here tonight uh, and let God uh, tear down some strongholds. Come on, church. Uh, these altars are open and we need a breakthrough. I wasn't going to say anything, but the Lord dropped a scripture in my heart. Thank you, Brother Brown. Beautiful message. We need to hold on to that. But the Lord has told us in his word, every thought, every thought, bring unto subjection, captivity of Christ. Every thought we have, even if it's a bad thought, we give it to him so he can capture that and change it so it may be pure and righteous. Amen. And so yielding our mind to Christ at all times is so vitally important. The Lord bless all of you. The Lord keep you. The Lord just undergird you and shine his face unto thee, and may he have our mind. We want him to have our heart, but what about this? Amen. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful week. Happy Mother's Day to you all.